Oh, today's episode is a good one. Took me eight years to learn this lesson, but today we're going to turn your story into your greatest business development tool with my good friend, publisher, business partner, Jesse. We're going to cover the step-by-step process for outlining your first or next book and turn it into your best business development tool. P.S. It doesn't have to be a book and it will still transform your business. And we know that everybody has a book in them. So in this episode, you'll learn how to combine your story with your expertise and outline your book or your course or your ebook or your audio book or a program or anything else that you can do it with. And we also cover in this, if you have a book, how to skyrocket it through the world because Jesse and I created a course called Transformational.Marketing for authors. And so we're going to reduce dissonance and distance between listeners' current state and writing a book. We're going to communicate how this process isn't just about publishing a book. It's about honing in on your story, tapping into your expertise, and creating assets that can be used in all areas of your marketing and business. So it's going to make it much bigger than writing a book, and it's your standard and stand in the world. So I'm going to stop bumping my gums now because we cover most of it in the episode. So let's get into the show. Welcome or welcome back to the Mind of George podcast. My job here is to help heart-centered marketers and entrepreneurs ethically scale their businesses by deepening your relationships with your customers, your employees, and yourselves. I'm a little bit crazy and I'm super stoked to have you, but if you haven't joined my crazy family yet, just go to mindofgeorge.com and remember that relationships will always beat algorithms. Now, couple housekeeping notes here in the intro. Please remember to subscribe, leave a review, even if you tell me that I belong in a mental institute and I'm just a little bit crazy, but I'm here to support you. I'm okay with that as well. Otherwise, keep listening because we have some gold for you today. I am so excited for today's episode because we are going to dive into the power of storytelling. Probably the most underutilized and most valuable asset that anybody can have in their life, never mind just entrepreneurs. So I couldn't think of anybody better than my dear friend, my business partner, my soul brother, my publisher, my everything that you can imagine, Jesse, who is here to join us today. And Jesse's used to coming on these interviews and you know giving his story and intro. But we're going to tee Jesse up traditional George style and open the question with what I love to do. So Jesse, good to have you. We'll get into your story in a minute. But I have a question for you. What is the biggest mistake that you have ever made in business? And what lesson did you learn? That's a good one. Um, Definitely, definitely, definitely a situation about 10 years ago. I, I worked for close to 11 months on a project It was raising money for like this facility and there was this whole team involved and everything. But the biggest mistake was I worked for close to a year with no agreement, putting up my own money with the hope and expectation that something would come of it. And in the 11th hour, it all came crumbling down. And basically I was left with with nothing out the money I'd spent, can't get the time back. And it was a huge learning lesson. It was devastating at the time to really internalize that, like, there's no guarantee. There's no guaranteed pot of gold at the end of the rainbow if we go in a direction and there is real risks involved. So So, I could go into more depth, but that that one really shook me and adjusted my approach to how I engage in business from that point forward. So, so in looking back at that, at that mistake, obviously like you have some takeaways and lessons. So if the same, if the same opportunity was to present itself today, what would you do differently to mitigate that risk or look at it differently to set yourself up to win? 
Oh, 100%. I would have clear agreement and expectation on the front end and importantly of milestones, at which point we either continue to go forward or if we didn't hit certain accomplishments by that milestone, at least having the option to stop and not compound the loss and compound the time spent. So what I hear you saying is, you know, that thing that we try to avoid in entrepreneurship and business deals and everything every day, which is ambiguity, right? Like clarity, focus. I like to say all the cards on the table so we all know the game that we're playing. So when the game is either won or lost or we fumble or drop the ball, we know what game we're playing get back. I love that lesson, Jesse. I love it. And I also love not prepping you and anybody else for that question. It makes my heart happy. And, <laughs> and I had like this funny moment, right? Like I'm sitting here and you're talking and I'm like, sipping this beautiful like twist of lime topo chico and i was like i don't think i'm ever gonna do podcast sponsorships but i like slid it into the camera view for a minute just in case i did notice that i, I can send them a that. screenshot and be like hey you guys want to like at least throw me a bone and send me some topo chico because i'm addicted <laughs> to this stuff so i love it i love it and, and jesse at the end of this episode um for everyone that's listening right now we're gonna give you a gift and jesse um i've known jesse for a long time actually we how we became friends is awesome. I'm sure we'll get into it in the episode today. Um, but Jesse, really what I love about Jesse and love about you, I'm speaking to you listening and speaking to you to your face. What I love about Jesse and you, Jesse, uh, is you have this uncanny ability, just like me but differently, to modulate between like the 30, 40,000 foot view and hold that vision but also get down and just tell me what step I need to take. And it's really interesting because I can do it with like marketing and business and customer journeys. But the moment you start having me put structure and words to it, like book outlines or anything like that, I'm in like panic, panic attack territory, right? And so uh, I talked to Jesse about this. So at the end of the episode, Jesse is going to give you a step-by-step process to help you implement it immediately, anything around it. So Jesse, would you mind sharing with everybody what you're going to give them, how they can use it, and what they can look forward to at the end of the episode? 100%. By the end of this episode, we're going to give you a step-by-step -step process to, if you're a business owner or if you've thought of writing a book, to literally have clarity and know how you could create that book as an outline, as a structure, and most importantly, how it fits in to become your best business development tool. All right. So you heard that, and, and I mean this right now. I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned from Jesse, and, and even just to hit this early in the episode for you to stick around, is that uh, I've learned this from him that everybody has a book in them and a book is probably one of the most powerful and underrated tools that I still see in today's day and age. And it's something that lives on forever. It's legacy producing. It lasts far beyond where we are here. And the truth is, is that the foundations of books and what gets into a book helps you in your life and business, regardless of whether you publish it on paper, publish it digitally or just utilize the context and frameworks that you create with it. So before we get too deep into it, Jesse, just for anybody interested, um, why don't you give everybody a quick overview of like how you got into this, where you came from, what your background is, what it is that you actually do every single day, and then where people can find you. Sure, certainly. So yeah, I'm the founder and publisher of Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. We are the publisher for The Passionate. I'm also the operator of Publishizer.com, which is the premier crowdfunding platform for authors. And so that's what I do day to day, um, almost in exclusively working with authors through the different stages of the publishing process. And once their books are out, 
how to really position that book and drive more book sales. And really one of the things George and I, you know, that we've collaborated so well on is talking with authors to show how that book can fit into their business in really valuable and strategic ways. And yes, zooming from that 30, 40,000 foot view, like, yeah, your book is a business development tool to the granular, like here's the exact funnel and process and go to market strategy and language that, that will work for your specific book, whoever that may be. So that's, that's what I find myself doing. I have these kind of conversations where we're, we're holding in terms of the, the relationship could be measured in years and years. And yet on any given call, we're dialing into what's, what's right in front of us. What are we struggling with or what's the problem or opportunity? And then both walking away from that call and meeting, knowing what the next steps are that we'll take and that they'll take. And that just seems to build a momentum that uh, that continues to build and which is really enjoyable. Yeah, to be a part of. I love it. And you said something that we talk about a lot, Jesse. And I think every I think there's two things that I want to harp on right now that you said that are really, really important because I'm, I'm a published author, right? No, no secrets there. We understand I published a cookbook, New York Times bestseller, blah, 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 blah. And, um, you know, I think there's these adages that have been going around for years and you harped on one of them. You said your book is a business development tool, right? And I think in the entrepreneurial space, there's only one of two beliefs that I really, really see running rampant. And number one is my book is my business card. And number two is it's too hard to write a book or I can't write a book, right? So I want to dive into number one real quick. So can you give me your kind of perspective? Because you and I have had some really good conversations about this over glasses of wine and many other, you know, great things. But I think it's a really important concept to understand because I feel like most people devalue books because of the way in which they see them. So can you can you expand upon that and tell everybody like what the value of a book is, why it's so important and how you utilize it as a business development tool? 100%. Thank you for asking the question. I will be the loudest voice to say your book is not a business card. It's not. A business card is something you look at once, put in your pocket, and then eventually throw away and never take action on. Whereas a book as a business development tool, sure, it can function in some way as a business card, as in it's your calling card. It's what you're an authority on. It's what you're an expert about. It's what you can deliver to a client or a reader. But it positions you and your business in such a powerful way, especially when it's done right. Because what I find is that you know, people will buy a book because they want to overcome a problem or learn or accomplish something new and hopefully be entertained in the process. But then they connect with the author and think like, oh, my God, like I want to can I work with them? Can I hire them? What else could I do? They get that feeling through the story and the personal nature of a book um, in the sense that you know, and I find the right mix is around 20 to 30% personal story, as in like mine, if I'm the author, but also highlighting people I've worked with to help accomplish the same as result that I'm writing about. But then 60 to 70% is the hard strategy, like the tactical how to. And if you think of it as a spectrum, right, if there's no story, and it's all strategy, that's a textbook. At the other end of the equation, if there's no strategy and it's all story, that's an autobiography or a memoir. And those each have their own space. But in terms of the applicability to a business, I find that it's around that 70-30 where, yes, you're delivering in full on what the book is about, what it's going to help you overcome, accomplish, improve on, et cetera. But then you connect with the author and you want to 
come more into their world and, and hire them or engage with them or meet them and interact with them. That's the story element in the book that's so powerful. And I, I, I love that. And I, I think, you know, for me, I think the biggest part, like to summarize it down to what I think the biggest takeaway is, and I didn't learn this until I published a book, right? And, you know, a lot of times we read books, we have takeaways, right? You have a recipe book, you have a, a, a book like you're describing, right? Adding value to the book. And of course, we read the book, we take something away, we implement it, we tell all our friends, right? We jump into that social marketing context, like, oh, I learned this, or I did this, and this is where. But then after that need is fulfilled, we've moved one step closer in a relationship with that author, right? And, and what we really have is we have a deep-rooted, trustworthy, two-way relationship without ever actually personally meeting somebody because we utilize their words and their wisdom to implement something in our life. So we have trust, we have safety, we have a whole lot of things wrapped into it. And so for me, that was something I really understood because in the beginning it was like, oh, I made that recipe. It was so good. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then like out of all those people, they all end up in our communities. They ended up in our programs. They ended up in our coaching calls. They ended up everywhere. And like some of them ended up as employees. Some of them ended up as business partners. Some of them ended up as best friends, right? Like there's a massive opportunity. And I think really the difference between uh, a book, quote unquote, being a business card and a book being a business development tool is the attention and awareness that you put behind it, right? Like understanding that, of course, you can have a book that like gets you a keynote and puts you on stage or gives you some credibility and that's transactional as shit, right? Or you could have a book that does all of those things and takes people on a journey and creates connections and opens up opportunities and that's where you get into the transformation, right? And actually, that's why we just made a course. Jesse and I just made a course together. What's it called, Jesse? Transformational author marketing. Oh, I didn't. George Brian and Jesse Krieger. I didn't even realize I was teeing that up, and then the word transformation came out of my mouth, and I was like, "Oh my god, I just did it! It's coming!" I, the marketer, <laughs> the marketer, like flows through my DNA, right? Um, and so now that's the business card side of it, right? Now then, on the other side of it, which is really the meat of what I want to get into today is this, this, in my opinion, this misguided belief or fear that like it's hard to write a book or I can't write a book or it's going to be too hard or, or like for me personally, this is actually, you know, I'm a published author and you're the one that broke this belief down for me. It's like, I can't write. I don't know how to write and blah, blah, blah. Right. And so when we think about that, um, I think, you know, the one piece of advice that I got that I'm going to want you to kind of talk about um, that really resonated with me was that the only rule that I see that gets in the way of somebody writing a book is that you can't write a book that you're in the middle of, right? Like you have to be on the other side of it. So like if you're going to write a book about your, I don't know, like your weight loss journey, you have to be complete, know exactly what you did and at the finish line. Or if you're going to write a book about email marketing, how to start a successful business, or how to start a successful a, a business, profitable speaker to any of these other things, yeah. yes, yeah, you do actually have to have accomplished. And so I think, you. I think really for me, like when I think about it, that was the only objection I ever had, right? Like I actually lived in this belief that I could write a book that I was in the middle of. Like I couldn't write an autobiography right now. Like I'm like 4% of the way figured out, right? Like I got 96% to go, right? There's eight chapters left in me that I haven't gotten to yet, right? Like I could write chapter one or book one for the first 37 years, but then it's going to go somewhere else. So yeah, can can you talk about like some of the common fears 
around them and then how to get people into momentum. Because what I would really love for you to cover today, Jesse, is kind of like your framework for writing a book to show people like how easy it can be, how everybody has a book in them and how it can impact their business and life. So I'm just going to kind of toss and volley to you and you can go as long as you want on this diatribe because I know it's gold. Appreciate that, brother. Yeah. So a, a few things to unpack there. Like one, if you're listening to this and you've thought, yeah, I've thought about writing a book, but then you didn't for any reason, let's start to get into that, right? There's this perception gap of like what a book means and what it could do for you if you actually wrote it and put it out. And then there's all the things you may not even be thinking about that are perhaps even the bigger opportunities that are available that do become manifest in the process as you see it through. I think what hangs up a lot of people, George, is it's it's really not something you can do in one sitting. Like we could, we could jump on here and create a, amazing content, do an episode, and then we can both go do something else and it's in the can. But with the book, it's like opening up this Pandora's box, so to speak, and you've got to see it all the way through to the other side before it is in a fixed form and before it can go out and be an ambassador for you and your work and your ideas um, and the people that you've helped serve. And so to, to collapse that distance, you could think of it in this way, like if you're, if you're not a writer, you don't have to write. Like put a mic in front of George and he'll talk all day and it's gold. Well, what if that was transcribed and edited and worked into a content framework that ultimately comprised the book and then you actually don't have to write the majority of it necessarily. Doesn't mean that there's not an editing concern or that you put your finishing touch on it and make sure it's in your voice and in your language, but there's a very real way to speak a book into existence, to create a book out of content that doesn't necessarily need to be written and doesn't need to be written chronologically. Which gets me to another point. <clears throat> a lot of people think, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write my book. I was born 1981 in San Francisco and that's where it all started. Eh, hold the phone. I say start in the middle. Start right with the most juiciest, transformative, impactful content that you have and work your way out to both sides. And this was my experience, you know, in writing my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur, it was so how-to, it was so practical that there was like no me in it in the first version. But I thought, I just know this process start to back of like creating an online business that's virtual and you could run from anywhere in the world. 10 years ago, that sounded even more impressive than it may now. And, and then I expanded it out to include the stories, the context, some background on myself, et cetera. And then it became lifestyle entrepreneur instead of a how-to guide. And so you can start with the how-to guide. You can start, you have domain expertise. If you run a business, if you're working with clients and getting results, we're not, I'm not here to debate whether or not you're worthy or could write a good book. Let's assume that you are and you can. And then if you will, is what we're getting into, which is really to think through what is that transformational arc that you would lead a client through or that you take clients through in the course of your business, meaning the beginning of the book speaks to where somebody's at at that point in their life and business where they are best suited to find you and this book. The book itself creates a bridge of sorts to an end state, a future goal, an after state that is 
that's the benefit-driven language of the book, right? In my case, lifestyle entrepreneur. Build your own business, live your dreams, ignite your passions, and run your business from anywhere in the world. That's the after state, right? But then the before state is, I want a way to make money online. I'd like to have more of my passion in my career and my lifestyle. I don't know where to get started with these things. And then the book connects those two dots. It's like, Jesse, I didn't mean to interrupt you real quick. You're on, you're on a flow. It's like we've worked together before. So just for everybody, if this is your first podcast episode, I don't know what's wrong with you. Uh, go subscribe and listen to the other like 50-something before this and then kick yourself in the shins and know I love you. Let's get back to that. The second part is this is what we talk about all the time, Jesse, and to put this in marketer language for everybody, it's no different. A book is no different than an offer or a product, right? It's a solution to a problem and to sell any product, to sell any service, you have to meet your customers where they are and then you have to know where they want to go and then you insert solution. And so in this case, what you're talking about is the story arc of a book is very similar, actually identical to offer creation or customer journeys to where no matter what, the beginning of the book helps your reader or potential reader identify where they are in their life so they have awareness of what is working, what's not working. Then it seeds what their life can look like in the inverse, which comes at the end of the book. And But to get there, the middle of the book, the meat, is the journey, right? It's the steps take. It's the process. It's the mindset, the modalities to get them there. Am I correct in that assumption? 100%. And and the context of this being a nonfiction book designed to be a business asset. Totally. If we were, if I, if this was a fiction podcast, totally different ballgame. Take a different approach. Totally. And I think what you said too in the beginning is, um, and this is something that I struggled with, right? Um, one of the things that got in the way, even with a cookbook, the recipes were the easy part. You know what stuck me up was the intro, like the sixty to seventy pages of like getting somebody into it. And I remember. When I was working on the book, like starting to work on the book, I was stuck for weeks because I was like, what's going in the intro? What's going in the intro? And then I think it was my publisher. He's like, I don't care. I just need you to make recipes. And so I started making recipes and we ended up with like 125 recipes before I ever thought about what went in the front of the book. But after I was done with the recipes, I was like, oh, they're going to know they need these kitchen ingredients. This is where they're going to get these things. This is the basic skill set they're going to need to make these recipes. And it kind of laid itself out by putting the meat first. And, and I don't want that point to get passed over, Jesse, because I think it has positive implications. I don't know the inverse of implications, a synonym that means positive, but it has positive effects on people outside of just a book to where a lot of you listening, to, all of you listening to this have an expertise, Right. And your expertise belongs in the world. It belongs having a voice. It belongs in your marketing, your messaging and pieces there. And you might not know necessarily what the beginning state is or the after state is, but your expertise still belongs there. And if you use this and you put it out into the world and you start getting in momentum and flow, that before state tends to identify itself and then the after state tends to create itself and then you end up with your own story arc. So I, I love that you said that. Like, I, I absolutely, like, I'm getting motivated right now actually talking about all of this stuff. But as, as a simple takeaway, I would advise to write the introduction last. Last. As the last piece of content you write for the book, because at that point, you are quite literally just describing and giving an overview of everything that already exists. Yep. 
Whereas it's it's the, one of the easiest ways to psych yourself out to sit down and start writing the introduction without the content there. Well, and the thing is, is that the introduction has one job. And we talked about this in our transformational marketing course, right? What, uh, by the way, Jesse, what's the URL for all of you wondering? Jesse, can you just give them the overview of what we put together? Sure. Yeah. So George and I, um, in the last few months, in the most wildest time, created a flagship course for authors. It's called Transformational Author Marketing you can learn all about this at transformational.marketing. That's what it was. That is the URL, transformational.marketing. So dot, replace .com in your brains, it's .marketing. So transformational, and if you're like me, I have to Google that and copy and paste it most of the time, but transformational.marketing. And so the reason I say this, Jesse and I in that course, we said something a lot when we were talking about it, and we were saying like, your book is your hook. Your book is your hook, right? Like, your book is that thing that you're known for. And all of us are experts. And, and let me tell you, there are some crazy books in the world. Like, did you know, like I know a business that does $3 million a year teaching people how to knit for their cats. I know somebody that does $7 million a year selling glucosamine for cats, right? Like there's a lot of stuff out there in the, in the world. And so all of us have areas of expertise and focuses. But what I think, Jesse, is so important that, that you hit – and, and I think is probably the big tilt belief for somebody writing a book is like, I don't care what your hook is. I don't care what your intro is. I don't care what your conclusion is. I just need to know what the meat is. And all of us have some meat in us. We know how to do laundry better. Or like somebody needs to publish the book with a step-by-step -step picture guide on how to fold a fitted sheet. Because I watched that YouTube video like a hundred times and it works every single time. But I still haven't seen a book for it. It'd probably be successful. But you just got to figure out what that, that entry point is. And I think... Jesse, what you're really doing is deconstructing what gets in a lot of people's way just because of the uncertainty around it, right? Everyone's like, oh, you got to write a book. And we go to like old school thinking, right? Oh, I need an idea. Then I need to outline it. Then I need to blah. And then you're like, well, what goes in my outline and what goes in my sections, which I'm going to tee up your next question in a second, Jesse, because that's where we're going. Um, but I think what's so beautiful about it is that as, as we listen to this in this category that we're talking about, really all you need to write a book all you need to write a book is an identified problem and then the solution that you've utilized, you've created, or you've used, even if it's not necessarily yours. Like if you found a better way to use YouTube, you could write a book on it. If you found a better way to use Instagram, you could write a book on it. Or if you created that platform or a journey or a process, it's really important to remember. And, and I'm nailing this. Um, like elbow nudge, wink, wink, like air quote, whatever you want to do, because this applies to every ounce of business. It's not just books. And I think that that's the most important part for everybody to understand that this is applicable across the board and it will have a massive impact. Go ahead, yeah, Jesse. What I, would, what I would add to that, George, is the intention that you put into your book will be reflected back to you in the quality of readers, reviews, people that have already read your book and now they're raising their hand and saying, how do I work with you? The, the front end is this creation process. And yes, that vexes a lot of people, but it doesn't need to, but sort of flip, flip the side and imagine somebody you've never met in a place you've never been discovers your book at just the right time in their life to make an impact, consumes it, connects with you on all of these different points and says, Oh my God, he gets me or she gets me. And then that next step, I mean, I've got five touch points right here before you'd even become in direct contact with that person. And so it does serve that purpose of, yeah, attracting it or in a lighthouse um, approach, it, it's shining out 
your authority. The root word of authority is author. It's shining out your authority to attract in the kind of people that resonate with your approach, connect with some aspect of your story, and want the results that you can help them achieve. Brother, every every time you say uh, authority and author and the root of it, like I know this, I've heard you say this a thousand times, and my mind is blown like every single time. Like it's such a simple <laughs> concept. You know what I think too? And th- this is something I didn't understand either, Jesse. And and in a minute, everybody, just so you know, what I'm I'm teeing Jesse up for is Jesse's going to basically give you the breakdown of like what a book is because I think that's really really important to destigmatize, you know, all these beliefs around it. But what I never really understood, Jesse, is like, you know, when I published my book, I had I think the I think I had around like 1.5 million followers like on social media, right? And then I was getting four to five million website visits a month, right? And so I'd go to conferences. And of course, at conferences, I was the quote unquote egotistical, you know, paleo celebrity, right? And I've done that work for everybody listening. I'm not that person anymore, but I definitely was addicted to that validation and dopamine. That's a whole nother episode. Um, But I would go to these events and I would get recognized, right? Like, oh, you're that guy, you're that guy, you're the civilized caveman, boom, 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 right? But never really in public, like ever, ever in public. Like it had to be isolated. Like I had to be in Austin and there was like a a food event going on, right? Or I had to be in California and there was another event going on and it was good. But then what was interesting is I published a book and that's when I learned the power of books, right? So in the grand scheme of things, basically with Civilized Cavemen, I almost reached 1 billion people like between our reach, our impressions, like I had followers and like direct humans that I could account for monthly at like six and a half million a month, right? I sold, I won't specifically, I sold right around 150,000 copies of my book, right? And at least once a week, I was in Florida, I was in Texas, I was in Maine, I was in Idaho, and everyone's like, caveman, caveman. And then my favorite part is I would be places and I'd be talking about paleo because I was a paleo food blogger. And so I was like, oh my God, I have this awesome book. Like, have you ever heard of it? It's called The Paleo Kitchen. I'm like, I wrote it. I'm like, what, 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 what? And, <laughs> and it was mind blowing to me, but it was also so amazing to witness because what I love about books is as Donald Miller talks about, books help your customer become the hero. And that's how you win in business. It's not when the author's the hero, it's when we make our customers the hero. And like to think that, and obviously the audience that I built helped sell that many books, but like to think that I'd spent six years building this massive reach across the internet, but that, that level of tangibility, right, of tactile touch, feeling, onus, having somebody have it changes the way in which people see it. They recognize you different. It really, really speaks to the authority of a book. I've never talked about that before, but I, I, this concept is so important to me. Have you experienced anything like that too? Do you see that? Yeah, and, and I think, well... For everybody that's listening, George said a number, which is about 15 times the number of book sales that would be considered a commercial success. <laughs> I mean, if somebody sells 10,000 books, publishers are smiling. So you absolutely crushed it. And I think what you saw and what you experienced is also what's available for so many people if you do write a book, is that becomes the tip of the spear. That is the reason you get on media. They bring on the best-selling author of The Paleo Kitchen for an interview. They bring on the best-selling author of Lifestyle Entrepreneur to talk about building an online business, and the book makes their job so easy. That's speaking about the media, mm-hmm. but the media itself is just a bridge to the people. And yes. when when an individual person 
can see and and transpose their own visions or dreams onto that book, then that's the magic point of contact, right? Where someone's like, if they saw an interview of yours or they saw the book and like, you know what, I can cook paleo. I can do better in my eating habits in my kitchen. And it's not as hard as I thought, right? And that's that's just specific to yours, but that's the same experience that people have when they see you on TV or hear you on a podcast and you're talking about your content and then you say it's from your forthcoming or best-selling book. And if you do if you do what George and I teach you, it will be a best-selling book. Well, and I think and, – and I'm going to hit this, Jesse, because we're going to move into the outline section because the meat of what you have to offer is absolutely gold. And everyone listening right now is probably ready to kick me in the shins because I just keep referencing it. That's called the Zygarnik effect, by the way. Uh, it's the science of open loops. I'm not doing it intentionally. I just have so many ideas and my brain goes squirrel, 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 squirrel. And this is my podcast. This is the mind of George. This is, my, this is my podcast. So we can do whatever the fuck I want and we're going to right now. Um, but Jesse, I think it's actually an important point to make because I remember before my book was published, this stigmatism, right? Like you have to be a New York Times bestseller. You have to hit the list. You have to do this. You have to do this. And you know what's funny is I don't even – and you know, people get mad at me for this, especially my friends. I don't even tell anybody I'm a New York Times bestseller, right? It wasn't the title of New York Times bestseller that got me credibility. It was just the fact that I had a book, right? Like I didn't get any more media for having a New York Times bestselling book. I got booked and they used it in my intro for credibility, but it had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it. And I think a lot of people chase this belief that like, and, and the reason I think this is so important is because in order to be, I got to say, George, go it's because you earned it. You earned it. Yeah. Uh, 30, 40% of nonfiction books buy, there's a way to buy your totally. way onto the New York times bestseller. And it involves a couple hundred thousand dollars at the end of the day. But like your book hit New York Times bestseller because you were sharing and engaging with your audience because you were giving actual value in the terms of recipes and interacting with people because you were speaking at conferences and on media. And as a result of all of those touch points, yes, you did sell well over 150,000 I, I mean, I, I know like I hit, I hit like crazy numbers for nonfiction, but I want everybody to listen. The mistake, and I think there's two parts to this, Jesse, that everybody has to understand, is that the book alone makes you the authority. It doesn't matter if you sell 10 copies, 100 copies, or 1,000 copies. You literally separate yourself from the rest of your market the moment you put your name on something tangible that's printed. And this was a lesson that I learned that if I could go back and wish I knew it then, I wouldn't have done it any differently, but I definitely would have related to it differently. Because most book stuff that's out there is like, you got to sell it all up front, pre-sell it, pre-sell it, pre-sell it. And they treat their book like it's a one-night stand, right? Your book is a legacy. Like your book lives on forever. And that's actually, for everybody listening, how I was so successful is I didn't try to sell 25,000 books the first week. My goal was to sell 5,000 books a week consistently. So I didn't put all my eggs in one basket and shoot my shot right away. Like I tried to spread it out and it just so happened that most books buy their way onto the list with companies that won't be named that are no longer incorporated, but you can still get a hold of them. Um, <laughs> publishers still use them. They they front load and then you hit the list for one week and then you're off, right? And then they kind of fizzle out because they want the title. But I'm going to tell everybody listening right now that you have an unfair advantage listening to this podcast because if you want the the results that come from having a book with the authority, the placements and stuff here, consistency will always trump intensity. And it's a very long game that you want to play. Like your book is an asset. From the day your book is published, if you are still not marketing that book three years later, we're not going to be friends. I'm going to hold it against you. I'm going to take it personally. 
because you didn't listen and you set yourself up to fail. And so I think it's really, really important to understand that the, the way that the book game is done is it's just like um, like anything. Like you pick up the dictionary, right? Like look at the dictionary, right? Like it, it, it books are reference material. They're things you can pick up when you need them. Like once you get a trigger, you remember it. And like that's kind of the game that I want people to be playing when it comes to comes to books. Like you're documenting your moment in time, that greatness in that moment. And you can reference it whenever you want. And then here's the beautiful part. If you have a new a new viewpoint, a new takeaway, or something else, well, you can either abridge your book or you can go write another one. Or you can use that as a new marketing angle and a hook because I think the other thing I think, Jesse, is everybody tries to make books perfect, right? Like, oh, oh I got to get the book perfect. I'm missing this. I'm missing this. I'd say that like I, I think now understanding as I've done this before, right, like – Perfect in my brain was 100% and my book was probably 15 to get it out the door, like just to ship it, right? Like can you – and actually this is a perfect segue right now because we can talk about book mistakes all the time, but we have a course on that. And so um, I want to wrap you – go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, it's, it's a big part of the role I play as publisher is to maintain the timeline, mm. to keep it moving through the process which is another way of saying addressing whatever obstacle pops up at any point in the process that would derail the publishing process. And that's why I think, you know, my personal view is it's difficult to self-publish because not only do you have to write a great book and do all of that, but you have to learn all of the marketing and do it perhaps for the first time against people that do this, you know, every day for years and years on end. Um, but that is to say, like the role of a publisher is very much to keep the author on track once they've committed to the course. And you, you, I mean, you said it like you won't be the same person on the other side because now you'll actually be an authority who's written a book. Mm -hmm. But that birthing process does require something of you and it will require something of you um, in order to create the book, not a book. And that's when we hear business card, all this other stuff. The book is the book that you'll still be proud of years later, five years later. I still promote and use my book, Lifestyle Entrepreneur. I've brought close to 2,000 people into my audience this year, mm -hmm. which is six years after the publication date. When did you publish it? it, it I didn't even publish it. Morgan James published it in March 2014. I published The Paleo Kitchen June 10th of 2014. And I just got a royalty check the other day. And I haven't owned that company or promoted that book in over three years. And I still sell a couple thousand copies a year. And it just sits there. It's got like it's 800 reviews on Amazon. And somehow people Brother, find we gotta it. We got to do an updated expanded edition. And let's let's that off. Well, we're, we're going to go another route. We are not touching okay. that book. That book is that book is in a dead territory. It just stays there. It's an asset. I love it. I'm proud of it. It stays there. But I think this is a perfect segue because now what I want everyone to understand is like, in my opinion, the most important parts about writing a book, being successful about writing a book or writing any story, any story, whether it's in a book or in your business or in marketing is having very clear expectations, understanding why you're doing it, not for a transaction, not for a conversion, but to make your customers the hero and setting yourself up to win to get it done as methodically and simple as possible to have the maximum effect. And so, Jesse, I want to get into the framework of how you do this. But I think what's really important to remember and, and what I want to harp on for everybody is that you don't have to write your book. You just have to know your content. And people like Jesse exist in this world and have created processes to where you get to live in your strength, right? Like 
we'll joke about this, but it's true. If you stick a quarter in me, you'll get five hours of content, right? And you don't have to pay, but you probably just tell me to do it to give me a glass of wine. But in, in pretty much any video I do, there's probably a couple books, right? And so I'm not a writer. I don't think like that. My brain doesn't work in sections and outlines, but I can talk through it. And so, you know, it doesn't matter whether you're kinesthetic, whether you're tactile, whether you're visual. There's always ways to get around, and that's why Jesse exists here. So you can record your book. You can audio your book. You can dictate it. You can draw it on sticky notes for all I care. You can set yourself up to win to have this asset that makes you the authority. It's going to live forever, so it's only a benefit for your business. And now let's get into, Jesse, how simple it can be and what kind of goes into writing a book or how the framework works for them. I'm going to let you tee that one up however you want. No, it's a great, great context, um, great setup, because what I'll share with you right now is the easy approach to creating a great book, not the easy approach to creating a crap book, but the easy approach to creating your best book. And it's to start with the end in mind, this process will get you down to the point where you know that you can block out 45 minutes or an hour and you know what you need to create or you know what content needs to be created, whether it's spoken, written, or something else. And so what we wanna do is create a content framework, also known as an outline, but let's think of it as a content framework. And let's say that there's gonna be 10 total chapters in this book, and so the first three chapters are gonna speak to your client in their before state. And specifically, you're gonna have one of each three chapters dedicated to a key sticking point, obstacle, limiting belief, something that's preventing the person from achieving the end state. And you're gonna get into those. You're gonna literally speak directly to those issues in the beginning of the book. And sometimes, you know, I feel this can be gratuitous if you're reading 30, 40, 50 pages that seems like context, but you need to account for where people are in any position before they're like on board with your, with your um, line of thought, your business, your approach. And so the first two to three chapters are going to focus on the key considerations for someone who's deciding to work with you, who's deciding to commit to achieving the results you can help them achieve and really breaking that down so that as you get into the meat of it, chapters three through seven or eight, that's what you could essentially call your, your business framework or your process. Like, and, and I mean that very literally. So you think like, okay, we onboard a customer. What's the first thing we do? Is it like a brand assessment? Is it like we ask them these questions so that we know how to proceed? Is it we get on a call and we do a strategic plan? Literally, what is it that you do with your client? And then chunk that down into a sequential number of steps, each of which will be a chapter. And so we're just using average numbers here. They can really, you can do any number of chapters you want. But if you say that there's four, five, up to eight key steps, key chapters, as in each chapter is its own idea, its own discrete step in your process. And then the final couple chapters is what I call the off-ramp. It's like, okay, if they've been tracking through all of this, where are you opening them up into? Whereas as they get off of this sort of super highway of your content and the strategy that is reading the book and they get closer to the end, what do they do next? What do they need to be aware of now that they've implemented this? What are What is their business gonna look like and how should they 
interact with their customers now that they've implemented this. And importantly for you as the author, it's teeing up as well how you can support them. Um, and that becomes some of the very final matter or the conclusion or the offer pages at the end. But if that's our arc of, let's say, 10 chapters, two to three are about that before state, three to seven are the, the main content, and then one to two starts to sum it up and wrap it up. That's not so gnarly of a process, right? So let's go one step further. And then you think for each chapter, let's small chunk down to one to two pages of story. So for each chapter, which story from your life or a client that you've helped achieve results would tee up this topic? Which story is going to best introduce the topic of this chapter? And then you've got the chapter itself. Let's say there's up to three main points you want to make within that chapter. These would become your subheaders or a two to three page section of the book within that chapter. And so if you think story, one to three key points within that chapter, and what's the next step the reader should take for that chapter? So for that step in the process, what can you tell them to do that's simple, but will move them forward in an incremental way that builds momentum chapter by chapter? Let's pause there, because at this point, you've gotten a content framework for the outline, and you have a chapter format for each of the main chapters. So now you can literally block out time and say, all right, in this 45 minutes, I'm gonna write this story, this story, this two to three page story, and then I'm done. And you know that it's building into the bigger picture. Then I'm gonna sit down, you know what? I'm gonna document this step in my process. You could jump around. Now you're in chapter seven. You just really get a good pass through, either spoken or written or an accumulate agglomeration of them Let's really make a definitive statement on this step of your process. Boom. And then it becomes, once you're in that level of it, you get momentum that's kind of hard to describe when we're just sitting here, but you'll start to know what's coming next. Your subconscious will be at work tracking and bringing in and thinking about what it is you want to say when you know where you're going to go next. And my job is to get you past the starting line and a few steps onto the field because then you know how to run the play. Like as a business owner and somebody else, you get it when you're like at that point with your client where you're just doing the work. That's where I want to get you with your book of it's not a question of am I going to do it? What's it about? Who's it for? But here's the next section. Here's the next section. And then you get lost in the process because on the other side, You'll see the light at the end of the tunnel, and you know you only have a few more sections to do before you've got version one of the manuscript. I love it. I love it. So I want to I want to summarize real quick because I think this is so 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 powerful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to succinct it down for a minute, right? So we have you want to write a book, so you have a big idea, right? Like actually, let's just spitball. We're gonna write a book on email marketing, right? So on email marketing. I read a book, let's say it's going to be uh, 12 chapters, right? The first three chapters are me talking about all the mistakes people make in email marketing, right? So helping my customers identify or readers identify where they are, the mistakes they've made, probably the consequences of those mistakes, while also inserting the fact that there's going to be something different coming. And so those first one to three chapters are basically prep work, right? Like it's the day, it's the courting before the date, right? And then and, we get and calling out the the goblins in their head. Like, do I even want to write emails? Do I even 
why should I do email marketing? Yep. Uh, do people even read email anymore? Yep. Um, are people going to hate me if I send them more than one email a month? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I'm just coming up off the top of my head. So to, su- to summarize, what you're really doing is you take on like our captain's assessment of the avatar sheet we take, you basically you're hitting every before state and every objection that can happen in the first three chapters. And then knowing that the end of the book, right, the last one to three chapters is the off ramp. That's the entire after state. Your middle of the book is all of the steps required to get them there. So let's say I have a six step process for mastering email marketing, then each step would be a chapter that would lead to the bigger picture. And then if I break each one of those chapters down, step one would then be for, let's say chapter four is email marketing step one, right? The, the, the principles of email marketing. And I tell a story for one to two pages about why principles matter, why this is here, how it lasts forever. You shouldn't be transacting with your customers. And then I hit and open three main points or three main laws of the up principles to, up, uh, to, up to. Yeah. For me, I love threes. Like it's a it's a very spiritual, amazing yeah. number, right? So um, I hit three and I'm like, and then these are the three laws that you must keep in every ounce of your email marketing. So law one gets one to two pages. Law two gets one to two pages. Law three gets one to two pages. And then the last one to two pages is a summary of what I covered. Hey, this is where you were. This is the new way to do it. This is where you are. And here's the exact steps that you need to do while opening a door for chapter five, which is step two. Yeah. So like in that one, it would be the principles. And then the next step is like either commit that you're going to do this or sign up for an email client account or something. So that takes some tangible step. But bingo, exactly. And so each of those, like the three keys that are principles of email marketing, those would be a subsection in the chapter. Yep. And that could be one to four or five pages for each one. When I say subsection in the context of a book, that's the smallest down you chunk content before it's just paragraph text. Yep. Yep. And I love it too. And then so basically, if I catch it, so then when we get to the last couple chapters of the book, I'm assuming, right, like let's call it chapter, let's say it's 12 chapters. Chapter chapter 10 is basically a summary of chapters one through nine put into one beautiful picture. And then the next chapter 11 is like, this is your new understanding. This is the after state. This is where you're living. This is where it's going to be. And then chapter 12 is the big tangible takeaway. Now that you have this, go put this into practice, do this, live this, and you have a book. Totally. And like you talked about 30,000 foot view. Like if, if we start, we're 30,000 foot view. As we get into the main content, we're getting down tactical what's right in front of us. And towards the end of the book, we expand out with this new awareness and back to the big picture again. So that's another way to think of it too. But yeah, you nailed it with the recap. I love this, man. This like this gets me excited. Like, by the way, I just have to own like Jesse, I had like three thoughts of like, okay, should we should really do this? Because I know you're waiting for me. <laughs> we're not there yet, but we're getting closer to me writing one. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to pull everybody cause it's cause actually Jesse has been waiting for probably 11 months for me to start working on my next book. Um, if not to longer. your credit and to our credit, we cranked out, you cranked out the thrive guide and we brought the thrive guide to market at a time that helped. That's true. People. That's true. In I very do. Very short order. I, I remember that. That was probably, you know what? Like I can't ever say I can't write a book because this whole craziness in the world happened. I don't want to say the word cause the podcast will probably get demoted. Um, 
the craziness and uncertainty in the world happened and somebody had like asked me a question and it was actually Craig, Craig, my business partner has to be daddy texting me and he had like three local businesses. He said, man, they're struggling. Like I can't speak to them like you. Do you have any ideas for them? And I remember sitting at my laptop and I started writing two ideas and I was like, oh, what about this one? What about this one? I ended up dumping all these ideas in and then just chunk by chunk over two days, I wrote in every single section and we ended up in like a 70 page book that I just made available in Google Docs. And then Jesse, you're like, we can publish it. We put it on Amazon. It became a bestseller. It got downloaded. I know over 15,000 times based on what I saw in my analytics. But it really, it was actually kind of awesome. I think it was osmosis from hanging around you so much. Um, but for everybody listening to this, I want you to send me a DM or post in our Facebook group or something. If, if you had your choice, if you could have me, if you could have my brain in any book, in the next six months, because I'm fast and Jesse's fast, if you could have my brain, anything from me in any book, what would it be? Would it be about email marketing? Would it be about the lighthouse method? Would it be about customer journeys? Would it be about navigating business with a soul? Like, I want to know. Actually, like, send us a message, send us an email and post on Facebook. And what I will do is the number, like, the top five voted ideas, I will pull the group. And then the number one, I will pin it and I'll pick a date that we start working on it to hold myself accountable. And if you're a subscriber to the podcast, I'll probably give you a free copy for helping me come up with the idea since I'm going to see all your messages. So I will write down every one of your names and then I will save them and you will get the first copies, the advanced copies of the book. And this is me holding my own ass accountable because I know I need to do it, but I'm just addicted to talking. So Jesse's going to be doing a whole lot of transcribing. Happy to. And you heard it here first, everybody. Oh. Mind of George podcast. Oh, I'm sweating, Jesse. I'm sweating because I just said that. <laughs> I just got the goosebumps. Oh, it means it's coming. It means it's coming. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, because I, I do, I do like I have this blank wall in my office, Jesse, right? Like you have your pictures behind you and I have this wall of empty acrylics over here and there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of them. And three of them are dedicated to my family. And the other six can only be filled when they're dedicated to the impact that I make on the world. And so there's only one that's full right now. And, uh, and so I want to, I kind of want to fill them up and I think I'm going to start. So I'm going to hold myself accountable here. So this is actually perfect, Jesse. This, this has been, so first off, like, thank you for sharing a lot of this. Uh, this is a gift. And, and if you're listening to this, I also want you to understand that this doesn't mean it's just a book. Like if you think about content that you create, if you think about your marketing and your business for a year. If you look at every month like it's a chapter, what's the journey you're taking people on in a year? And then if you break it down into the quarter, what's that quarter journey? Then what's that monthly journey? Then what's that weekly journey, right? Like if we think about it and we sell products or services or courses, of course we want people to buy the product, but that's only a microcosm of the entire picture and all of it has to be put together to get them there. And so these these principles, this framework, the way that it's done applies everywhere. And so I want you to shift your thinking around this, which thinking about shifting thinking, I got another question for you, Jesse, and this is my favorite one. And I have to ask everybody this one. So we've covered a lot on this episode really quickly. And I want everybody to know you and love you like I do, but I don't think I know everything about Jesse and neither does the world. So I want you to tell everybody something that nobody knows about you. <laughs> Like nobody, nobody, whatever you want. It's up to, it's up to you on that side. I remember Dom, cause you know, Dom, you published Dom's book or publishing Dom's book right yeah. now. He sat here in silence for probably like 90 seconds. and It was amazing. And then gold came out of his mouth. So I want to know one thing that people don't know about you, business life, quirk, happy, scared, doesn't matter. 
tell us who Jesse is in the soul. Like what's one thing that we got? Oh, beautiful. All right. Well, if Dom took 90 seconds, give me 10. These are my favorite moments. Like just the silence. (laughs) Ah, okay. Well, okay. Here it is. On the surface, I've never had a normal job. Like I've never actually worked somewhere except when I was 16 and I was serving ice cream and it was because I wanted free dip and dots. Dip and dots that were my mean... favorite. They were so good. <laughs> oh my God, I miss dip and dots. It was worth, yeah, it was worth getting a job for. Um, but that was 16 years old. So since then, like I've had a diverse career, if you could even call it that. And I think the thing that maybe people don't know about me is I've always listened to the internal guidance. You asked who I am as a soul. At this point in my life, I interpret that inner guidance, that inner prompting that caused me to skip out on a ticket home and live in Europe for a year and learn German and record from midnight till 6 a.m. in studios when I was 19 years old to becoming a licensed securities broker and I helped take a company public when I was 26 to learning Chinese and having degrees from Beijing Normal University and National Taiwan University. And that's just scratching the surface. But I've always felt and listened to the the greatest ability possible, that inner prompting. And I do believe, and I love Steve Jobs because he said, your heart already knows the answer. Mm -hmm. Are we courageous enough? Am I courageous enough to follow it? And that's a big ask. Um, and it's something I ask of myself every day. Um, and some days it's easier than others. But I don't know if I've ever said it like that. So that's that, something I, I think that know I me. think that was the biggest gift that you could give everybody. That was a gift from you, Jesse, that 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 resonated and, and vibrated at many, many different levels. And it's something we talk about a lot, you know, and I personally in our mastermind, the things that we do together. But I think I think that's the gift of entrepreneurs. You know, we become entrepreneurs because we feel like things can be better or things can be different. And that feeling that called us to entrepreneurship is the same feeling that a lot of times we don't have the space to feel. And it causes a lot of pain and and mistakes and missteps when we just respect it and give ourselves the space. Like you call it intuition, you call it wisdom. I call it both. I call it. And I can't not do this, George. Yeah. You know, if I. you talk about going to a dark place fast. If I thought about trying to like get a job and conform and whatever, quite literally, that's the only thing I can think that starts to make me depressed. Yeah. And and that's not knocking anybody that has a job. God bless you all that have jobs. But I'm saying you asked about me. I can't not do what I'm doing. Yeah. And when I do it, I'm on and I help people. Mm-hmm. And when I'm not, I'm self-destructive Totally. And I'm not helpful. Well, I mean, people. I mean, the lesson, the lesson in all of this is that, you know, you, you can't live in transaction and expect transformation. Like you can't live in transaction and expect happiness. You can't live in transaction and expect joy, right? Like, you know, that, that's it. Like I did, I left a nine to five. I left the military to work for the biggest asshole boss in the world sometimes, which is myself, right? Like I left working what I thought was long days in the Marine Corps to like somehow doubling that time, even though I didn't think there was that many hours in the day, but it, and, and really, I think the pursuit of it for all of us, right? Like this is mind of George, this is mind of Jesse, what we're talking about here 
is that in this book and all of this, like really what it is, is all of these things are different entry points into us finding who we are, what our gift is, our congruence and the message we want to leave in the world. And then basically spreading that message or shining that light to get to this point to where we are, where, you know, Tom Bilyeu said this in an interview, you know, he was talking about like the meaning of life and happiness. And really at the end of the day, summed up what he said, it was with Noah Kagan who was interviewing him really happiness is about progress, but it has to be congruent progress, right? Like we do not like stagnation and we can pretend that we do, right? Like pandemics and quarantines and things like that, but you know, we're all getting over it, but really it's about progress. One step forward every day in alignment to where we are. And so if there's a book in you, if there's a message in you, if there's a story in you, if there's even anything that you've ever wanted to share in the world with you, knowing it can help other people and this resonated with you, well, you have calling. It just landed. Ting. There's your intuition saying like, oh man, I just listened to this. And and the point here is that just taking one step to put it into practice. One step. So I got, I got two questions, Jesse, to close. Number one, and I love asking this question and I've not gotten one answer that I thought I would get so far. It's a pretty amazing question. So because I'm all about relationships beats algorithms, right? And you want to know a really funny story. This is a podcast, so I can make this go as long as I want. So I have a PO box for the business because I never want to put my personal email at the bottom of my email inbox, right? And so I used to have an assistant who would check this inbox, like this, this mailbox, like once a week. Well, that assistant moved on and started their own business like eight months ago, and I completely forgot I had this mailbox. And so I was at UPS this morning shipping a box, and I was like, I had this key ring, key on my ring, on my keys, and I've been looking at it for months. I'm like, I don't know what this key is for. I don't know what this key is for. And then I was standing in UPS. I'm like, I think this is my P.O. box. I think my P.O. box is over there. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am, can you look up if I have a P.O. box here? And she did. And I was like, what's the number? And she's like 348. And I was like, okay. So I go over, stick the key in. Sure enough, it's the key for my P.O. box. So I open the P.O. box and I open a letter and it's from the United States Trademark and Patent Office. And I knew that my trademark for relationship speed algorithms was approved like a year and a half, two years ago. I'm like, these guys just forgot about me. They never mailed it. It's been in that mailbox for 11 and a half months because it was postmarked July 23rd of 2019. <laughs> I picked it up today because I was just talking about relationships and, and algorithms and I trademarked it. And now I hung it on my whiteboard over there because I have to decrease it because it was in a curled position in this mailbox for 11 months. <laughs> and I didn't think it came and I think they forgot about me because I forgot I had a mailbox. So <laughs> interesting story today that I wasn't going to tell, but I thought it was funny. No, it's amazing. Like, hey, this could be you <laughs> finding Rand I've gotten so many just amazing letters from people that read my book that just wanted to reach out and say something. And I know you have the same. And yep. I don't know if that relates to the P.O. box, but it's a pleasant surprise to be like, oh, wow, there's more goodwill waiting for me that I just had to turn the key to access. I was like, I was like, where else in my day are there gifts and joy and amazingness that like I just don't see because I, I for, quote unquote forget about it. But I didn't forget about it. It comes off my credit card every month. Like I know it's there. I chose not to see it. So that, that's a whole yeah, nother episode. That's a whole nother episode we're going to get into. But it's going to leave you to my question now. So where in your opinion, like your entire life, your business, where has the power of relationships had the biggest dramatic positive effect on your life or business? For positive effect, 100% that business I've always found is the glue that has brought me into relationship with some of my favorite people in the world 
and given us the appropriate context to have a deep, meaningful, long-term relationship. That's my personal selfish reason behind entrepreneurship is the people that I connect with and through publishing especially, you know, it is a relationship game, almost 100%, mm-hmm. um, almost 100%. And, you know, that other percent is less than 10% is the marketing and the other front end stuff. Mm -hmm. But the real game is played over months and years with people where we're aligned. And those are, I'm not scared to say, those are my favorite relationships, Mm -hmm. like outside of family with like birth family. That's it. So So basically for you, through the lens of business, and the relationships established on solid ground, you've created a second family and selfishly everything that you've wanted in your life surrounded yourself with those people. And that's a, that, that's a, that's a pretty good way to be. I love it. It's been very conscious and inte- like, I can't, I don't really have too many casual friends, almost really any where, mm-hmm. I mean, what would we do? Like just hang out and chat about stuff. That's not <laughs> pertinent to what I really <laughs> care about in life. Like, Totally. I get that. I get that. I love it. And that's such a good answer. And you know, what's funny is I've asked that question, right? Quite a few times now. And I'm expecting like, I was expecting like, Oh, I this, And I gave an example of like how the power of relationships helped me get, you know, MBA teams as clients and things like that. And I've shared the, the inverse of it. Right. Which is like the emotional side of it. But every time somebody has an answer that kind of like throws me off and I was like, I love this. Like I learn and grow through every one of these things and see it differently. So uh, in the beginning of the episode, Jesse, we talked about, Um, the steps at the end of this and how perfect we talked about outlining a book and how to pull it out. And at the end of the book is the ramp down, the next steps, like what you want to do. And so right now, what is you want every listener to do that heard this? Like, what is that gift? What are those steps? Like, what can they do that they can put into practice, you know, by listening to this right now in the next week to take progress moving forward? Can you guide everybody on that direction and tell them, and everybody listen to Jesse. This is Coach Jesse. Olympic coach, Jesse, he's your Olympic gold medalist coach for your first book or your next book. And so take it to heart, write it down, put it into practice. But Jesse, give everybody the rundown. What should they do? You can, you can yell at people. You can, you know, you can get them to do what they want. All right. You got it. This will be fun. Here's the, here's the next step that you can take to make this practical and real for you. One page, create a one pager about your book, one physical piece of paper. You can handwrite it or type it but contain it to one page. On that page, you'll put down, what would the chapter names be? Like, what are those key steps in the in, in the working relationship I take clients through or my business takes clients through? What would be those one, two, or three limiting beliefs or obstacles or things that they would need to understand to fully grasp the content of what I can share? So write that down on one paper. You can do it as a mind map. You can do it as a a numbered list. It doesn't really matter. But on that same piece of paper, write two to four sentences describing your book to a potential reader. And if you want inspiration, go back on Amazon or somewhere and look at your favorite books and read the first two paragraphs of their book description. That is what they have used to communicate with the public who hasn't bought their book, what that book is about. So you want to start to be able to describe your book idea in language that is aligned with other books in your genre. And you can do that on one piece of paper. And if you do that, then that one piece of paper can indeed grow to be a whole book. 
or you could scrap it and start over, but you've got something that's there to work with. And that's what this game is with writing a book. It's, it's played on the field. It's played on the page. It's putting the content down. And then if you delete it all and change it, well, now you know what you do want to say. Good. Say it. Um, and, and so, yeah, George said I could yell at you a little. But <laughs> what I would like to say is when the author is ready, the publisher appears. Yeah, that's some that's some field of dreams stuff. That's some Mr. Miyagi like I can movie reference that all day. I love that. I love that. I love that. Trust and, it, and it's great. But here's the one other thing, George, yeah. if I may. As you move towards creating your book, your book and the potential of everything it can do for you starts to move towards you. And so to sort of wrap this up, I truly say and I truly believe when you start writing a book, that book starts writing you. And by the time you finish that last chapter, you've closed a page of the book of your life and you're starting the next as an authority who has authored a book and it's come out of you. Now it can impact people with no, you don't have to relive your story. You don't have to explain it all again. You don't have to have a seven hour conversation for someone to truly get who you are and what you can do to help them and show a bunch of examples of you doing just that. Now it exists on its own. And much like a life, there's there's creative pregnancy. There's a period of incubation. And then once it's out and you cut the umbilical cord and it's published and it's in the world, it will take on a life of its own. And hopefully it'll come back and do you proud for many years to come. And so that's it. That's Mike the Drop. first time. That's the first time I've ever heard you reference a book with creative pregnancy and cutting the umbilical cord. That is a very visual metaphor and very accurate. That that one even got me. That one got me. That was good. The other side is creative constipation, and then you just <laughs> need to get that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that too. I love that too. So really, at the end of the day, you know, you're listening to this. Whenever you're listening to this, doesn't matter if it's now, a year from now, ten years from now. The goal here is progress. It's about consistency over intensity. Jesse called you, gave you a call to action. One sheet. Get it down, put it down, and get it into practice. If you have that message, even if you have an idea, even if you have 10 ideas, just drop them in there and just start playing with it. Like get it out of your brain and start getting it into real life and start giving it the ability to form and, and get its, you know, get its DNA connected and do all of the processes that happen in pregnancy or in constipation. Either way, pick your reference, whatever lands for you. And so I love it. So Jesse, uh, we're gonna wrap the episode. This has been an absolute blast. Any closing words for anybody? One more time where everybody can find you. Um, let them know, tell them what to do. Any closing words, any thoughts, anything you wanna leave people with, just a nugget, whatever you want. 100%. Thanks so much, George. This has been an amazing conversation. And if you made it this far, thank you for listening, watching, however you're engaging. My parting words are, don't let this just be the podcast episode you listened to and got inspired by and then went on with, something else in your day. We've given you some very valuable content here and a practical strategy to make this real in a manageable way. So you get to take the next step. And if you take a few more steps, I'll be standing here as a publisher ready to have that conversation with you, but so would somebody else just the same. So you get to make that real. Thanks so much, George, for coming on transformational.marketing. That's the author training course George and I have created. And I'm your favorite publisher at Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Press. He is the only publisher at Lifestyle Entrepreneurs Entrepreneur Press. Jesse Krieger, 
Go to his website. Go check out our transformational author marketing course if that is anything that interests you. We put our heart and soul into that. Lessons learned ever across the board. It has been absolutely fun. This was an absolute pleasure. Now it's time to document your story, tell your, tell your story, and remember that relationships will always be the algorithm. So until the next episode, you better subscribe. You better review. You better tell a friend. You really don't have to. I really want you to, though. So let me ask nicely. Please, please, please. And I, I might say it again in the outro when I cut that one to the show, too. So have a good day, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening to this episode. And like I said in the beginning, and probably a ton of times throughout, make sure you subscribe to the show if you want to hear more. Now, leave a review if you like me. Actually, don't leave a review if you like me. Just leave a review if you feel so inclined. But I'm going to ask you because it helps other people find this. And I'm going to give you a little marketing lesson in the outro of this anyways. Go to mindofgeorge.com so you can get into our crazy family and also get a free gift my team and I made for you. Now, here's the thing. There's only four types of customer journeys and I'm sending you to one page to cover all of it. But our job is to give you everything that you need to succeed as an entrepreneur. See, what I want is I want you to be in our family. I want to be in a relationship with you. And I want you to have a win before I ever get a win. And so on that page, you'll see some of the best stuff that we have, our top podcast episodes, our free courses we put together, our free content. And there's one in particular that I'm super proud of. We put together a free 30-day transformational marketing course. Literally, just need your email so you can get in and get into the membership site. We talk about the two most important documents in your business, your lighthouse and your avatar sheet, which we now call the beacon of beliefs in your captain's assessment. We teach you about the conscious and subconscious customer journey, how to have congruency in your marketing, the psychology of email marketing. Marketing, the six email sequences that your business needs to have right now to win, the two most wasted pieces of real estate and digital marketing that you can fix right now, my special five-part email recipe, and how to reframe your card abandonment strategy so you don't insult people's intelligence anymore, plus whatever else I can come up with on a certain level of crazy, because my mission is to teach you that relationships will always beat algorithms, and I'm ready to be on your team, I'm ready to be in your corner, and it's time for you to win a gold medal. So make sure you go to mindofgeorge.com, and we'll see you in the next episode. I love you all. Bye.